to my podcast about sports, about sports, about sports. Howdy, Ags. Welcome to the tailgate. Coach, the delivery man. What's up, Corey? Oh, man, full. Just got back from Roadhouse. Oh, nice steak. Oh, it was delicious. Oh, that is Prime pretty good. Prime rib. Oh, boys will be pissed. Thank you, Roadhouse. Yes, thank you. Send some money. Uh, brought to you by Frida Homes, building Aggie dreams, custom home builders with over 15 years of experience in the Brazos Valley. If you're looking for someone that cares about you and the details you care about, contact Frida Homes. Visit them on Instagram at Frida.Homes or give Justin a call at 979-450-4466. When you call, just remember, everyone loves their Frida Homes. All right. Don't forget, email us at axtailgate at gmail.com if you got some commentary, want us to talk about anything in the, in the podcast, cover anything in particular. Uh, visit us on YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, also on uh, Instagram, Spotify, if you want to listen, that's a good, that's a good source. Uh, we've got a new subscriber. Chuck. Chuck. We're just going to go with Chuck. I'll say Chuck. Uh, Thanks, Chuck. Welcome, Chuck, to the, to the podcast. We also had a comment from Pete Flores. I yeah. believe he's one of your boys. Yeah, he's a smart ass. He says, uh, start taking some Benadryl before the podcast. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I think he's, he's worried about you continuing to go off camera to do bumps. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty bad last week. Yeah, well, and, uh, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll get, mm. we'll get more of that. Uh, today's football topic, we're going to talk a little bit about the coaching staff. There's been some movement in where the coaches are, so we'll get into yep. some of that. Uh, but let's start off with some basketball. Yep. Look, Corey, 22 and 8 now overall. We said they get to 22 wins. They're more than comfortable going into the tournament. Yeah. 14 and 3 in the SEC have clinched at least second in the SEC for the regular season. Yeah. Big game tonight, Alabama Auburn. If Auburn can get a win, right. Then we're playing for an SEC championship on Saturday oh, against man. Alabama at home. That's money right? in the bank right there. Yeah. I mean, we're playing for the championship. That's money. We got you, they might as well just give it to just us. Just give right? it to us. Just I don't even know if Alabama needs to show up. Um, well, considering their, you know, their players are maybe getting arrested for murder, oh. there's a chance they don't show up anyway. Yeah. They got to quit doing the pat-downs before the, before the game. Did you hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I certainly hope they pat him down on the way into the <laughs> arena. Yeah. I'd be worried about you know what could happen if he if, if they didn't. So, yeah. um, all right. So in the last week since we've been on the podcast, we had the loss to Mississippi State on the road. It was six two sixty nine. You know, just didn't play re- very well at Sc- all. Scoring droughts, man. We went in scoring droughts big time. It was like a thirteen minute scoring uh, drought. Something uh, silly between baskets. We had a eight, made baskets. Well, we had an eight or ten point lead at one point, and yeah, just like that, it was gone. Uh, the other thing is. I mean, 16 turnovers, right? 11 offensive rebounds. Yeah. You know, 13 points off of turnovers, 12 second-chance points, both more than what the Aggies had on the other side. Yeah. Uh, 14 fast-break points. And I think another piece here, a lot of fouls. They shot 30 free throws. Normally, the Aggies are the team that really kills it on the free throw line. Right. Mississippi State actually got more free throws than, than we did. So... Um, on top of that, they didn't shoot well. It just, you know, they were just off their game. None of that, game. Those those games are going to happen from time to time. You know, the one thing that I've noticed with our Aggie team is that we do leave a lot of people open at the three-point line. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. 
Mississippi State hits some, but they have big guys inside yeah. that love an offensive rebounds. They get some Tolu Smith, DJ Jeffries. They get the offensive rebounds. We're going to have problems with that. Yep. So we got to – that's the same thing happened in the Kentucky game. We lost that one. Kentucky was hitting threes. So I guess, they're, you know, Buzz plays the percentages. Hey, this isn't a very good three-point shooting team, which Mississippi State is not. Kentucky's not. Correct. They hit them against us, but they're wide open. And, and look, I, I also thought that – just defensively, they were a little slow in their rotations because we did give up some easy bunnies on, at the basket and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those games they didn't have. They didn't have one of their best games, yeah. and it, and ba- it's basketball, right? It's yeah. gonna it's gonna happen. Wade scores twenty one, but he was only four of eleven on field goals, right? He did hit four of nine from the three point line. Not much from Boots, right? Didn't score much. You know, Dennis only had three baskets. You know, overall, nobody really Not had, a wow. good, had a good shooting night at all. Yeah, right? Anderson Garcia played probably the best game of anybody. He had 11 points. And Thir- 11 or 13? I thought it was 11, but he 13. had a bunch of rebounds. Uh, he's been he's just a hustler. And that guy takes charges every game. Oh, yeah. He's got like one or two charges a game. And he's been getting more and more involved in the offense mm-hmm. uh, here the last few games, right? I yeah. Mean, just getting some more opportunities on that. A lot of those are hustle right. type baskets and things like that, right? But he shot a three and hit a three in that game against Mississippi State. Yeah, don't, don't do that too often. <laughs> then they played Ole Miss last night. Keep those Ole, Miss, the Ole Miss was 11-18 going into the er, you know going into that game, 3-13 in the conference. Yeah. And we, but we were on the road once again, right? right? Ole Miss a lot better at home. Right. Won sixty nine to sixty one without having necessarily a great performance from anybody either. Right? It wasn't a pretty game either. It wasn't pretty. I mean, what was it? We were down twenty to eight, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. We went on a fourteen over run. What's up with that? It seems like generally they start off slow, right? Especially on the road. Especially on the road. I don't know. I guess even their last few wins on the road, it was it's had to be a comeback, right? I'll tell you that old Miss crowd. There wasn't one. Did you no. see that? That was <laughs> I was surprised at how quiet it was in there. Are you surprised when they're three and fourteen in conference? Yeah, I mean I think that people should show up to the games. I mean, they probably aren't paying anything. It should be free. Did you watch the Aggies when they were really bad in conference a couple of years ago? No, they suck. I didn't watch them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll watch it. Uh, one piece of it. Well, look. Couple of pieces of good news after the game last night. One, they clinched that second spot in the SEC. Yes. So that was huge. Yes. Gave themselves an opportunity to go into a game against Alabama for the SEC regular season championship. Yes. The other one, the other good note, Manny's back. Double second. Yes. Manny, and he had, you know, he played some minutes. Now, Dexter Dennis out. Knee injury. Knee injury. Hopefully not long, but we haven't heard. Haven't heard the extent. Saw him on the bench last night, standing up, walking around. Didn't I didn't see a brace, so I don't know how the extent of the injury. Yeah, he seemed to be moving okay, yeah. right? Um, so hopefully it was more of a precautionary thing. Yeah, I'm sure Buzz was like, "Oh, we're playing Ole Miss, not a big right. deal." Dennis take the day off. Because most of the first team took the day off in the first five ten minutes. The oh, second yeah. team that came in actually got the spark. Hefner, Obaseki. Um, Solo, Solo, Garcia. Yeah, those That's guys. The hustle plays started coming. Those guys played pretty well. They look good in the, when they got into the game. I thought, yeah. you know, and I and I think, you know, when we started the season, he was playing a bunch of folks. We didn't look very good. Then he mm-hmm. shortened that that bench right. quite a bit, and we started to play well with the five guys. Basically, I mean, yeah. only really Gordon coming off the bench almost. And as the season's gone 
on, you know, some of those guys that are new to the team. Also, you know, the Solos, the Garcias, right? Yeah. Those guys started contributing more and more. Well, they know their roles now. They know their roles. Yeah. They know Garcia knows, hey, I shot one three. I shouldn't be doing this thing. I made it. It's great. But he's a rebounder. He's yeah. a hustler. Takes the charges. Solo. Love is athletic. He's so athletic. He's almost like Garcia last night, getting in there, getting the rebounds. Um, but I mean, everybody knows their roles. You and know? not just know their roles, but they started to really pick up on the defensive rotations, which yeah. I think is the big thing for Buzz is if you're going to play, you've got to play on this end of the court, right? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, they play Bama on Saturday, <laughs> 11 a.m., Reed Arena. Yeah. Hopefully for a chance at the SEC Championship. But either way, for a chance to move up in the tournament as far as your rankings, right? Your seats. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's, a lot of that's going to matter once we get in the SEC tournament, too. I mean, a loss to Bama is not going to kill us. I mean, as I see us right now, we're at a 7-8 seed right now, probably. I mean, that's just where I see yeah. it, just because the beginning of the season was so bad. If they took away that beginning of the season, we'd be a 3 seed, something like that, 3 or 4. A couple of good things going into this I mean, game. We're ranked 24 in the nation right now. Yeah, Bama already had us at... Uh, an eight seed, the, the, the most recent one, right? What's I mean, four and a twenty-four. What's that? Four times five, six seed. That's a six seed. It's twenty-four. So yeah, so they have a chance to definitely move up from that. You know, one hundred percent that loss to Wofford at home, at Wofford at home, still yeah. still going to bite you in the ass, right? Yeah. But they've got this game against Alabama. You know, Alabama, one or two in the country. I think they're two now. Yeah. 15 and 1 in the conference, right. but they play tonight against Auburn, right? Yeah. Look, a win there probably propels you up into the maybe a top four seed, like one through four seed. Uh, possibly, yeah. I can maybe. see that. I mean, because you're going to move up. If you win that game, I can see us being in the top 20 at least. I mean, it's a top five. Top Double four, by five. in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Which is also a great thing because. Look, one, they got they played on Tuesday, so they they, they got a, a longer stretch here between the game for Alabama, a little bit more time to get rested, get ready, get 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 up get up and rolling, right? Right. But then also, you know, it's like last year, they, they, they played, you know, in the tournament and man, they made a run, but boy, that, that takes it out of you because it's it you know, four games or four days or whatever it was mm-hmm. last year, right? Yeah. And here now, yeah, if, to get to the finals, you got to do three games in three days. But three games is a whole lot better than four. Right. You know, so all those things are going to help you in the long run. Get a little bit more time to sort of recover from there to even into the tournament, obviously, and all that stuff. I think they've positioned themselves very well, especially given what they started off with. Right. And I have a feeling that – the intensity for this defense will ramp up just even a, a, another tick going into the tournament. It's pretty intense. And- yeah. Um, I'm excited about this basketball team. I'm excited about I what they can do. Yeah, I am too. Love it. Best record since that team with, I mean, who was that? Uh, who are you talking about? House. Davis. Davis. Caruso. Caruso. Jones. And Jones. Yep. Which was a pretty darn good team, yeah. right? Best SEC record since yeah. that team. Um, baseball, man, a lot of people down on the baseball team. Look, I ain't worried about it, right? Those guys are going to be fine. Yeah, Number I mean, one. it's baseball. You play a lot of games, right? But, Ton of games. But losing to Portland, and who was the other loss to? Lamar. Lamar. 
Is that equate to the same thing as losing to Wofford in basketball? No, and, no. And, what do you mean? No. How's a couple that of things. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe so. But at, at the end of the day, you know, this baseball season is forever, right? I mean, they they got plenty of opportunities to get back on the winning ways, and I'll, you know, once again, just like the basketball team, there's a lot of folks, a lot of new guys in the mix. Right. But here's the thing, right? And a lot of the guys that they've been depending on, Moss. Bose, Targat, Tarjat, Targosh, yeah. Targosh. Um, you know, those guys have been struggling way down from last year, right? right? Now, they're also, you know, missing a couple of guys that have left, right, with big-time big production. Minnick mm-hmm. Minic is, is injured, right? So that, he's out. Right. So a lot of these guys that they thought that they were going to depend on this year, that were going to be their big-time producers, they haven't, they haven't done it yet. Right. Up until last night. Oh, yeah. 23 runs. 23 runs. Seven, seven innings, something like that? Yeah, seven innings. You know... Against Lance Berkman's team? Against Lance Berkman's team. But apparently Lance wasn't there. Right? No, he couldn't make the trip. Yeah, couldn't do it. You know, they, so they haven't scored... You remember last year, man, they were just... They were just, I mean, they were just bombing people. Oh. Especially in innings like six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, right? Late yeah. in the ball game. They were just killing people. And that still has... That, those bats still haven't... No, they, they will come around. Yeah. Relax. The thing that worries me more is is the the starting pitching. Now, you know, they've got guys that've got good stuff, but they got to get more out of their Saturday and Sunday starters. Right no, I agree. You know, more innings yeah. so that the bullpen isn't taxed as much. Yeah. And. Better performances, to be quite honest with you, right? Gotcha. Um, the bullpen, the top end of the bullpen, the first few guys are doing pretty good. Guys like Rudis and, and Lampkin, guys like that, doing well. But your starters have to start pitching a little further in the games, I think. So right. uh, one guy that's had a pretty good start to the season is Haas, you know, at shortstop. Mm-hmm. He's playing, yeah. you know, and so uh, that's a good – that's a good piece to the to the puzzle. I think some of these other guys that we just talked about are going to start to pick up their bats a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and things will get straightened out. They got a big series coming up this weekend. It's a big tournament. Is that this weekend? That's it's the Rise tournament. Yeah. Texas Tech. The uh, Shriners Children's College Classic in, over there at uh, Minute Maid. Yeah. Uh, Louisville. Right. Louisville. Who's ranked number 14. Rice. And then Tech, who's ranked at 20, 24. So, yeah. you know, it should be a, a fun weekend to watch some Aggie baseball. Yeah, we should win all those games. Uh, no pressure. Look, I have complete faith that this baseball team is going to be fine, right? right? I'm not too worried about it. Look, they, you know, the other day on, in Sunday's game, they got the, they got the Bluebell mm-hmm. uh, magic going. Yeah, you know, bottom of the nine, score three runs, the whole thing. You know that that was a big part of last year. All the runs <laughs> in the end of the games and stuff. Right. You know, all those things are coming up. New players, all getting used to playing together. Real quick question for off. you, off script. Yeah, who's the best A and M coach right now that we have? Is it Buzz? Is it Slosh? I mean, who do you have the most confidence in in the major men's sports? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, if you just had to put them, if you had to rank them, I mean, I, I think Schloss, just in year two, is already the top dog right now. Just what Probably. he did last year and what he's got coming back. 
I think Buzz is number two, and then Jimbo, I think, would be number three. As I of think, right now, that's the way I, I think operate. as of right now, I have Schloss up above Buzz because of the fact that he not only he's, – he's obviously coached him last year. He, he did what he did. But he's also bringing the players in right. at a higher, higher level of talent in than Buzz right now. Buzz is still – Right, you know, his He's recruiting classes aren't, stars. aren't elite recruiting classes. Mainly right? transfers. A lot of transfers. Three stars much. are transferred. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think Buzz gets more out of his players than he does. I think he, he that's the problem with Jimbo. Jimbo gets the recruiting classes. Right. Doesn't do anything with it. So, you know, there's I'll say this. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about Aggie Sports, men's sports specifically, the right. big three, right? I mean, they've got guys there, you know, the talent on the football field is is ridiculous it was i think buzz is proven as what he can do as a coach and what he does with talent and then schloss one year in i mean how much how much more can you ask than one year one world series i think there's a chance we lose buzz no i mean look at a team like north carolina buzz had north carolina's talent you know what i'm saying (laughs) he didn't have that i mean no offense to but sometimes 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 it doesn't mesh right too right yeah. like too 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 much talent they don't they don't like the hard coaching right that's true so sometimes you know it's like i mean buzz gets his players he gets billy he g wants. when he went to kentucky right yeah so it's sometimes true. it doesn't mesh right but buzz knows the kind of player he wants and he coaches them up yeah. and those guys seem to buy in quite well it's true. so exciting time in men's sports it is i think we got a run coming What's that mean? Uh, I think we got a run coming. It means a run in this tournament. I think we got a run in the baseball season. <laughs> Everybody watch out. And in the spring game. And, well, yeah, we'll see. All right. We're going to talk a little football. But first, DraftKings. Oh, yeah. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. The tons of ways to bet on all favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, more cricket. Bandy, uh, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> plus, with the same game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Corey, I know they're basically endless. I know you. Because I try to find every last parlay, obscure teaser. parlay teaser that I can possibly put together. Hey, I got to give you a big win the other night, by the way. Good job. Hey, yeah, brother. Got to hit a three-teamer. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral service can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Corey, let's talk a little football. Let's do it. This is what we do here. So let's start with some notes. Spring practice starts March the 20th. Right. Uh, I think this schedule is sort of a Monday, Wednesday, uh, the Marooning Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday kind of practices, okay? Gotcha. They've got 15 practices. The Maroon and White game is April the 15th. 
Uh, they got a couple of different, a couple of scrimmages in the middle. Practice number eight is a scrimmage. Practice number eleven is a scrimmage. Look, thirteen new players on the field. Ten of those freshmen, the three transfers we know about, mm-hmm. um, include wide receiver, freshman wide receiver Tease, right? Freshman wide receiver Cottrell, mm-hmm. the freshman tight end Platt, big time recruit. Transfer wide receiver Smith from UTEP, mm-hmm. running back Owens. Already, all these guys are already on campus, right? Right. Three offensive linemen in Besanza, Shanahan, and Thomason. For the defense, cornerback Thomas, freshman, linebacker Sanford, linebacker York, and the two transfers, Grimes and McCall. Yeah. 13 brand new players. So a lot to be excited about coming up here in a couple of weeks, March the 20th starting. We'll start to see exactly where things are with regards to Bobby Petrino and what he's doing as far as coaching and the playbook and things like that. Right. We'll get to see where things are with DJ Durkin and what he's planning on doing going into next season. Yeah. Him at linebackers coach and so on and so forth. All right, so a couple of other notes. There was an article on 247. Mm-hmm. It talked about the best football facilities in the country. Oh, yeah. Best football facilities in the country. Now, we know here in Aggieland, yeah. there are, there's nothing lacking right. in the facilities here. We are very proud of our facilities. Oh, yeah. We love it. Yeah. 247 Sports agrees with us. Yeah. Have us ranked number two, two. in the nation. Just behind number two in the nation. Nike. Right behind Nike. Yep. And uh, the folks over there at Oregon. You know, and I, man, I drove by the, the construction the other day. That brand new indoor facility yeah. looks legit. I mean, and they're sparing no expense. No expense. Yeah. That thing is crazy, 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 state of the art, all kinds of stuff. Oregon, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. They, they talked about some of their facilities. They got. What? One, they get free Jordan gear that is not available to the public for the players. In Oregon? Yeah, at Oregon. Nice. They got Ferrari leather chairs in the locker rooms. I don't know why you need Ferrari leather, but okay. Marble showers. Mm. And of course, the required barbershop, which I think is something that the Aggies started. Sounds like we need like a spa day to Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no doubt. Seriously, how, how good would that be? Let's go get yeah. a steam, a little barbershop no action. Joke. They got a masseuse over there. Yeah, it sounds. Like, I bet they do. I, I bet you they do. Uh, other teams on the list. I don't think it's going to surprise you that there's <laughs> the, who they are: Bama, oh, yeah. Clemson, yeah. Georgia, LSU, mm. Ohio State, Texas. There's the rest of your mm. top eight. So I think everybody knows who they are. It's yeah, the players, yeah. people. You know hey. you. You spend big, you should get some production, except if you're Texas and A&M. Big recruiting weekend this Saturday, a bunch of recruits coming in. Uh, We'll see what kind of news we get after the weekend, see if we can get anybody to go ahead and commit a little bit there. Will they take them to the Alabama A&M game or what? Ooh, man, that should be a good one. A&M wins that one. That should be a good one. I would take them to that. There you go. One of the guys that's coming in is five-star Georgia linebacker commit, Jaden Perlow. Mm. Hey, we've been looking at five-star linebackers, man. We've been trying to get one in here. Yeah. Maybe we can steal one from Georgia. What do you think? I'd say the odds aren't good, but <laughs> that's my I'm, guess. I'm, I'm going to bet one conversation with Kirby Smart and then one conversation with DJ Durkin. Kirby. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm not putting my money on that. Good luck. Good luck, guys. Now, here's the, here's yeah. the other thing, though. You get him on campus. You make sure that he hey. sees that 
we've got a really, really good NIL system. <laughs> maybe, maybe that makes a difference. Uh, yeah, money talks. Yeah, money talks. <laughs> of course, uh, <coughs> people are saying Aggies are misusing the NIL. Yeah, uh, that's another topic. Another topic for another day. Yeah. Hey, Bryce Foster, healthy. He's back at track again. So he was he 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 participated in the track meet last week. And uh, so apparently was he hurt really, last year during he, track. He was hurt last year during football. I know. I'm saying he didn't miss any track time last year, did he? No, he never does. That's what I'm saying. No, never okay. does. Uh, <laughs> priorities. Yeah. A couple of interesting things that we talk, that we also that I saw this week. Dave Campbell's Texas football. Oh yeah. Has come out with some rankings. They're talking about college players in the state of Texas. So players yeah. that are playing in colleges in the state of Texas. Right. So we're talking UTSA. Uh, Sam, we're talking like, are you just like we're talking? Oh, Sam? every 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 university right. college in the state of Texas is apparently included here. So Lamar. you know, North Texas, Lamar, whatever. Right? Okay, let's go. Let's hear it. Quarterback rankings for quarterbacks in the state of Texas. Yes. All right. Who do you think is ranked number one? What's Peyton Manning's kid's name? Arch. Arch. Yeah. No, nope, it's not Peyton's kid, by the way. It's his nephew, but it's Come not. Back. It's not Arch. Yeah, whatever. It's a good guess, though. Yeah, it is. No, I didn't think so. Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, my guess would actually be. I mean, that's not a bad. One. It's not a bad guess. He's not on the list, by the way. Um, Harris at UTSA, who's oh. like a 17th year senior. Oh yeah. Uh, who accounted for 4,600 yards last year? Yeah. Number one. He just had his first grandbaby. Yeah. It's, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. All over. Yeah. It's all, all over Facebook or whatever they yeah. do now. Um, so, UTSA. Yeah. I want you to remember that for later. UTSA. Number one quarterback. Number two, they've got Ewers at Texas, not Arch. So I don't even think Ewers will start. Which is interesting because he may not start. Yeah. I mean, you get Arch Manning there. You're starting Arch Manning, aren't you? Look He's a Manning. Ewers has been in college for two years. He's been playing for a year. He's got the experience. Maybe he don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Eli and Peyton both started as true freshmen, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I don't see. Uh, They're going to be talking some mad shit to Arch. Yeah, they are. You can't even get on the field. Exactly. What a bitch. Can't wait for Monday Night Football. Amen to that. Those guys. So Ewers of Texas is, is two, still no Aggie quarterback. How about number three? Shaw at Tech. Texas Tech. The guy that was hurt last year. Yeah, he look. He had a, and that's an offensive system. Some decent that's numbers when he played. He's in, yeah, he's in a passing. I that think guy from uh, where's that school that threw it all over the place? You know, Western Kentucky. Yeah, that's yeah. their office corner. Yeah. So his numbers may be good, better than anybody else's at the end of the year. By the way. Yeah. If if he stays healthy, does that mean you're a good quarterback? Your numbers are good. Yeah, not necessarily. Just system. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Connor's number four though. Connor's number four. So I mean. Might be a little hot for me right now. Yeah, because expectations. You bring them, you get them down. That way, he has something to shoot for. You put him number one. You know, I mean, we saw other rankings that other rankings for the SEC quarterbacks, and he was like number ten. So love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. Expectation, keep him down. Look at last year. We're number six in the nation starting out. We sucked. I tell you this, I I do expect that Connor's going to outperform all expectations. Yeah, this year. he's going to be. If better those than are the expectations, right? yeah. I mean, I, I nah. honestly think he'll be better than the tenth best quarterback in the SEC. Now, mind you, Aggie expectations are that he's going to go win the Heisman, so maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't quite meet those. I'm right there with him. <laughs> all right, let's move on to running backs. Right. Running backs. Uh, 
Wheaton at SMU is number nine. Who? And the reason I start at number nine is because I'm going to give you a couple names. Wheaton at SMU. Okay. Pare at Texas State. Hankins at UTEP. Brooks at Texas. Adai at North Texas. Barnes at UTSA. McCaskill at U of H. Brooks at Tech. Reese at Baylor, who's number one. Amari Daniels is after all of those guys at number 10. And who was it? UTSA had number four? UTSA had number four. Now, but more importantly, the tailback that people, I guess, this yeah. this magazine Danielson. That sounds about right. We expects Danielson. to have the, the, the leading Texas a and tailback. Not as good as the guy at SMU. Not as good as the guy at Texas State. UTEP. Not as good as the guy at UTEP. North Texas. Or North Texas. Yeah. I have a little bit of problem with the rankings, right. but you know, end of the year will show exactly where things are at. I got you. Wide receivers. Yep. And now, number one, Franklin at UTSA is number what? Number one. <laughs> okay. The UTSA's got top quarterback, top wide receiver, and the number four running back. They better be pretty darn good. They might win the SEC next year. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Worthy at Texas is two. Stewart at A&M is three. Stewart? They got Stewart at three. Anais at four. Mm. Moose at five. Cephas at UTSA at five. So UTSA's got two Two. in the top five. That offense is going to be clicking this year. Take the over. Over. Take the over. Right now. Uh, McCaffrey at Rice. Bradley at Tech. Smith for A&M is in there. Who? Tywin Smith, the, U, the UT, uh, UTEP, UTEP transfer. transfer. Oh. He's in there as the third A&M ass. wide receiver. What? Moose. Honorable mention. What? I I have a feeling that Moose is going to be on the field a lot more than the Smith kid. That's ridiculous. We'll see. All right. But that's... Uh, All right. That is... Uh, Another position you got, anything? Yeah. Texas football. Now, so far, that's it. No tight end? Uh, yeah, tight end. My bad. Tight end. Uh, Green was uh, number two. Green is number two. Behind the Texas. The Texas. Behind the Texas title. So that was interesting. Another interesting article by 247. It is. Uh, one of them, there's a, an, article, an article that talks about transfers and how effective transfers are and all this stuff. And they were talking about A&M specifically and their lack of usage of the transfer portal. Yeah. And their argument was you need to take more offensive linemen and linebackers. Now – Let's talk about this because we've talked about this before. We do agree that they need more linebackers just because they need bodies. bodies. Yeah. Right? I mean, we need talented players. I mean, bodies is one thing. I want to see good linebacker play. I mean, you know, I want to see some four-star guys, three-stars that are that we can yeah. improve. Sure. But not just put somebody on the field just to plug up a gap and get beat every play. Yeah, but sometimes you need practice bodies too. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it's all and all their information is based off of a Bill Connolly article on ESPN. Mm-hmm. But then they go they go further into the offensive line thing. And here's my thing that that to me is a group of people that do not know this roster very well. Because if you look at the Aggie roster, they don't need offensive linemen. They got plenty of quality offensive linemen. All five starters returning from the end of last year. Mm-hmm. They probably got nine different guys that started a game last year on campus. They've got freshmen coming in like they've got plenty of offensive linemen that are talented that right. have we have talent size yeah all those things they just need to be better coached right right 
Don't bring in another offensive lineman in here and just poorly coach it, right? No. Doesn't do you any good. It ain't going to change the equation. They got the players. Those guys didn't leave. They're coming back. Coach them up. All you got to do? That's it. That's it. Easy. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and they go into another piece of, and this is going to transition into a coach talk. Yeah. You know, they go into another, what and they, uh, what anything needs to do to fix the program, right? Yeah. You, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that need to happen there, obviously. But I, I don't think we're that far away, number one. We've talked about this. But they always focus on the players in this thing. Quarterback was one of their big focuses. The talent's not an issue. I don't think it's talent. No. And they talk about offensive line and linebacker play, which we just talked about. They've got those two. Linebacker, they still need some depth. But to me, where they missed the boat is they just need better coaching. Exactly. We said that all last year. Look. And so now let's get into our, our topic for today because okay. it's, it's been out there that Jimbo has rearranged the staff, specifically the offensive staff again. So in going into the 22 season, from 21 to 22, he took and he moved some guys around. He made Craig the quarterback coach, right? Yeah. He took uh, – let's see. Well, let's Craig see. came from where to where to be quarterback coach. So he was the receiver's coach. But he was in college, Craig was a quarterback. Yes. Correct. So Craig was a quarterback. But he was the receiver's coach. He moved him to the quarterback's coach. Right. Cooley, he took from tight ends and put him out to receivers. Okay. Right? Dickey, he moved from the OC quarterback's coach over to the tight ends. So he's the only one. And then he hired Adazio. Um, Is Dickey still with us? Dickey's gone. Okay. So now, all that was last year. Last now. Year. Instead of Fisher Dickey OC, Fisher Dickey Cooley OC, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We bring in Petrino. Absolutely. Petrino takes the quarterback coach job also. All right. So what do they do? How is that? Man, that's crazy. Yeah. So now Petrino's the quarterback Jimbo coach. Just, ooh, his head just. <laughs> oh, okay. They replace the running back coach. The one coach that was actually successful the last few years, they yeah. get rid of him and Good. replace him with Blackwell, the guy from Genius. Love it. Ole Miss. Love it. They take Craig, move him back to wide receivers. Yep. It's like, well, he he obviously didn't do a good job at quarterback coach. Let's move him back. Yeah, that was his quarterback's head of problem. Adazio's still there at the offensive line, and they take Cooley back to push him back to tight ends. So all of this movement with this offensive coaching staff, why why they make the changes a year ago, which obviously didn't work, right? They've basically gone back to the old staff, except they they took Petrino and stuck him in, in at the OC spot, right? Since Jimbo's got here, it's been the same problem. It's been his play calling. So we don't know what it's going to be like moving forward with Petrino calling right. the plays. So he's trying to put the blame somewhere else. It's like, hey, don't look at me, uh, you know. But he's the head coach. You got to look at him. You know, he's the one that changed Craig, a quarterback, to a wide receivers coach, wide receiver back to you know quarterback coach. Capadazio, the offensive line was terrible last year. Jimbo didn't seem to care about it, but that's what he does. He puts people in their place. But he doesn't oversee them. He's not doing a good job overseeing the coaches. So a couple of things, and look, I've been a part of. Staffs just like this, where it shifting guys around, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and these guys, Craig, mm-hmm. Dooley, or Cooley, Cooley, right? Those guys are just Jimbo Ponds, right? 
That's why he can do whatever he wants with them. He's just going to yeah. push them here, put them there. Yeah. Because those guys are just Jimbo Pongs. Right. From the day they got hired, they've been nothing but Jimbo Pongs. All right? Yeah. That's where those guys are. are so you can do whatever you want to. Like Hinchman. I got yeah. you. Yeah. If he says it, they, they say yeah. yes. Yeah. All right? Maybe now they're Petrino Pongs. I don't know. Yeah. The key to this offensive coaching staff is in two guys. And I'm going to add a third. But two guys. And that is Petrino calling the plays, right? Mm-hmm. And Adazio coaching the old line. That's a lot. You know, because Adazio was horrible last year. Well, that yeah. offensive line was horrible last year. But it's a lot of, like we said, the offensive line, but the play calling was terrible last year. Yeah. We saw it over and over. We said, it was. You could, it's obvious what kind of play Jimbo was going to run, and defenses knew it, and they were, you could see them stacking the line when they knew it was going to be a running play. You can see the blitz coming whenever, because they weren't in protection. I mean, yeah, Dazio can only coach them so well. Yes, but at the same time, you see. But it has to work. You see those guys, but you see those guys that you know when you watch them do combo blocks in the interior of the guard in the center. Yeah. They just they just don't do a good job of passing things on or keeping their eyes up and seeing the next level. That's coaching. Right. You know, when you look at the combo blocks with the offensive guard and the tackles, same thing, same problems, right? That's where they had issues. It wasn't in one-on-one blocking as much. I it got better towards the end of the season, though. Did it not? It did when Dewberry came on the field, exactly. right? Yeah. It did. Uh, so, so it did improve some, but they're still not, like, very – they're not technically proficient, let's just say. So what right? you just said about the coaching job, so Jimbo didn't give himself a title, just head coach. That's it. That's it. Okay. So – when I look at this group, when I look at this group, I think Adazio has to do a much better job. Now, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, that they hired Jim Chaney as, as an off-field analyst. Right. Well, Jim Chaney is by trade an offensive line coach, by the way. He started up and came up through the offensive line. Yeah. So maybe adding him to help Adazio some, that it, the idea is to try to get that, that group much better coached. Right? I think you can have and too to many coaches. Better. Yes, I think you can have too many like coaches. One guy saying I'm telling you one thing, another guy's telling you something else, and your head's like In this case though, with Cheney being an analyst, he's not he's not gonna be an, an on field coach. Yeah. I think, you know, it's clearly he's taking a you know, he's he's sort of the assistant in this situation, right? I I think there's so many bodies on the offensive line, it's good to have another guy there anyway. Yeah. Offensive line is what I coached, right? Yeah. So you, you can have two guys, that, and the key is that we are on the same page. So that's going to be a big piece, right? Right, That they're on the same page. Yeah. But they have to bring the minds together because ultimately, technically, under, as a technician, each and every one of those guys has to be better. Right. And that's coaching, right? So I think that's, number, that, that's, that, that's that second coach. We talked about Petrino. And... Here's the thing. Obviously, clearly, a new office coordinator is going to make a huge difference, right? That's not. I'm not saying anything that's groundbreaking, right? No, it's something we've been talking about for a while. His play calling, his simplified system, all those things are going to be a benefit to all positions on the offense. The problem that could present itself, and this is going to be the interesting part to watch, yeah. is what happens if there's struggles early? You think what happens? If, fingers? What happens? Fingers. What happens 
if there's struggles at any time in the in the how year. is Jimbo going to handle a press conference when they ask him a question? Jimbo, what's this play call? Uh, Jimbo goes, I, I wouldn't have called that if I was play calling. You think he'll say that? Is I don't think so. I don't think so. That's not the Jimbo thing to do. He, he'll he'll definitely put Petrino's it on the players. Not, got it. <laughs> he'll definitely I'm just not saying. the players. Yeah. But we'll have to see, though, right? How does that react? Not only that, is he now interfering with the play calling? Is he now, you know, but in the meetings? Quick, I don't want to break your train of thought. Uh, Auburn's up 40-33 at half. There you go. 40-33. Half with a chance for an SEC championship. There you go. All right. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What happens when there's a little bit of turmoil? Is Jimbo going to stay out of the out of the mix? Is he going to let him just do his thing? Continue to let him do his thing? Or is the first thing he's going to do is get in there and say, "No, we got to change this. We got to change this. We got to change this." Because I think that dynamic with well, two guys that are used to having their ways, right? Jimbo and Petrino. I thought it was in Petrino's contract that he was calling plays. If he was the that's main, not in his contract. That's in his contract. No, he's it's not in his contract. Yeah, listen, head coach. If that dynamic gets sideways, yeah, we're looking at five and seven again. That's what everybody's waiting for to happen. That's what everybody's been talking about. That's what they're waiting for to happen. Is Jimbo and Petrino button heads? Then it's chaos. Then Jimbo's people are gonna be losing jobs. Another five and seven season, and oh, there's, Jimbo's there's, gone. There's at least some serious consideration. Yeah, they'll they'll put money together, buy them out. Look, that to me is the biggest thing with this offensive staff. I mean, once again, I do think that. Yeah. Now, here's the here's the caveat because I actually believe this offense is going to be substantially better. Yeah. I do. I think the the playmakers are there. I think that Petrino, his system is a much better system than what Jimbo brought in last year. I think that he simplifies things for the players and the coaches. So, to me. I think you're going to get a ton more production offensively, and it's going to be hard for Jimbo to be in there and 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 complaining about it. Now, I see what you're saying. There, if the defense is worse and there's critical situations, that could be where Jimbo gets involved, right? As long as the offense is better, I think the team will be better. I don't expect a big drop off on the defense. Yeah, we lost some talent, but we have a lot of talent returning. The problem is, when you said talent, we had talent last year on offense. Sure. A lot of talent. We were excited sure. about the O-line. Yeah, going into but the season. like we I were said, excited. we talked about the, the new system. The yeah, new system. We were excited about the quarterback. Let those position. guys play. We were excited about the wide receivers last year. Yeah. We were excited about the A-chain return. It went to shit. Quick. Ooh, real quick. And so, what I'm saying is, Jimbo, he's trying to fix these excuses, which I understand that. Yeah. But all he's doing, I think he's putting Band-Aids on them for a little bit. He's like... Oh, I'm gonna put Petrino here. I'm gonna put Cooley, move him here. It didn't. Jimbo should know by now what his staff is and what to do. Look, that's what's bothering me. The thing that bothers me is that they year what five they, or six now. They bring in a guy like Cheney is now. Is bring it? You know, Cooley's a guy that's been in the, in the same similar type of system for a long time, right? Craig definitely has been in the same kind of system forever because he's a he's a yeah. Jimbo guy, right? All these guys are of the same sort of mindset, right? Like. You want to usually have a – you don't want it to be counter, you know, productive. Right. But you want guys that bring new ideas. You yeah, know what I mean? Of course. And they don't – that's not how Jimbo hires. Well, but, Trino's not bringing – like, he's, I guess he's bringing new ideas, but it's a system everybody's seen in the past. Does having, that make sense? It's yeah, something yeah. everybody's already seen. Having said all that, having said all that, 
I still think this offense is going to be substantially better. It's got to be. It can't be worse. Exactly. I mean, how can you be worse? I Maybe think you can turn the ball over more, I guess. Yeah, there you go. There it is. <laughs> Thank you for jinxing that one. Four and eight. Great job. Yep. All right. All right, so offensively, that's where things stand. It yep. really is all about Petrino and Jimbo's relationship. We'll see how that how that plays out. It's going to be exciting to watch. It'll be fun to watch. Yep. It'll be fun to watch. Defensively, not as many changes. Durkin's moving to linebackers, linebackers, and then they hired the new safeties coach. Yeah. Um, the Which, new safeties like coach. Like I said, it's not really broken. Don't fix it. I mean, the defense played well. The linebackers suck, but the defense's scheme right. sucked. So if Durkin's still calling the plays, the scheme's still going to suck. Same thing we said about Jimbo for years. He kept calling the plays. Right. It never changed. Exactly. So is Durkin calling the plays on defense? Gross Armientos is the, the new safeties coach that they promoted uh, to so a good role. Jimbo going to have more of a say in the defense now? So I do think that that's an interesting question because now that he doesn't have to be hovering over the quarterback 24-7. Well, who is he going to hover around now? He should in the box upstairs. make his way back and forth on the practice field and, and spend time with all positions. We'll see a lot in the spring game. Where is he at in the spring game? We Whose ear is he in the whole time? Is he talking to Wegman the whole time? Or Not only that, but the first remember that that early practice in the in 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 the fall where they yeah. they, they allow us to show up and, and go to the practices. Yeah, we'll see it there too. You know, but that's the question. Will he now focus and take his attention off of just the it's quarterback? Hard, it's going to be hard for him to do. It's a it's change old from dog his new entire tricks. old dog new tricks Does career. Entire career as a coach. It ain't happening. So that's going to be the interesting part. Mm-hmm. Defensively, though. Does Durkin go on the linebackers? Is that going to help the linebackers? Look, Santucci was not good. He's the defensive coordinator at Duke. Must have done something right. He's one of Elko's boys. Hey, Elko's a good defensive coach. Yeah, and Elko's going to keep him in line. Would you rather have Elko or, or uh, Durkin? <laughs> Elko. Elko. That's not a question. Elko knows something. Santucci was not good with those linebackers. I don't know if it was him and Durkin's system. I don't know what it was. He was not good with those linebackers last he, year. They ran a three-man front with... It didn't matter, but the linebackers didn't get better. The offensive line's getting up on the linebackers. Linebackers did not play any better than they did the year before. I'm telling you. It wasn't a talent issue. We did not have a talent issue. No improvement. It was a coaching issue. Coaching issue. Starting with the scheme. Starting with the scheme, sure. But the linebacker coach also was not doing his job. Linebacker coach was also not doing his job. about day one, I'm telling you. So, I'm not saying he didn't do his job. I'm saying he didn't. It's just hard to do your job when you're handcuffed. How long have Cooper and White been on the team? They weren't on the damn field together that much last year. Cooper and White have been on this campus for like three years apiece at least. White four. Yeah. Going into last year, right? Right. And so my point is this. White Those was, guys weren't any better last year than they were the year before. They, they might have gone worse. Last year. They were worse. White. How much did White so play last year? He played. Not much. Because he was worse. I don't know. He wasn't worse. That's, his, that's coaching. You don't get a player and make him worse. He was getting better. Not last year. Not last year. That's my point. He was, but he's my most so, improved player going into last year. I said this on so, the podcast. Yeah, you did. I'll stand up for that. So Durkin at linebackers coach can't be worse than Santucci. He yeah. is. It is his system. He should be more proficient with those linebackers. Maybe right? that's the problem they had. They weren't communicating. Maybe, Maybe. Durkin's not a good communicator. He needs that's to probably true. He's, he's over there on the sidelines with the Yeah, got it. All right. Now you've got Cooper and Russell coming back. Those guys have got to take a step forward. Because they are the only two linebackers that spent any time playing that are still on this team. Those guys year. are going to get a lot of PT this year. Lots. A lot of time. Some of those young guys maybe get in there, but maybe. they don't have any experience, right? No. 
That's going to be the biggest thing. What does the secondary do? Losing the secondary, you know, moving Durkin out of the secondaries, coach, and then adding this young guy. What happens to the secondary? Do we lose something there for the safeties? Are the safeties going to still be a strength for this team? I think the D-line is going to step up, get more pressure. I think that you have to realize that. Where's your talent at? It's in the D-line, right? Your most talent's in the D-line. Yeah. You get pressure. Let's make sure we and keep them on get, the sideline. Once you get pressure on the quarterbacks, it's when they make mistakes, right? Yeah. They make mistakes? Absolutely. Yeah, but, but yeah I mean, so it's going to make up for mistakes that you have, the limitations you have in the Look, Robinson is – look. Robinson and Price in the D line, I think, are the two best coaches on this defense. I don't think it's even yep. close, right? Those guys, recruit, those guys are solid. They, they recruit, they coach, everything. They have the players' respect, evidently, because I mean, those guys clearly, are coming here left and right, clearly. And so, to me, those guys are are the the top of the line when it comes to this defense. Yeah. Now, the question is, will Durkin allow those guys to get those guys on the field? Their men on the field. Can we get the defensive linemen? Yeah. Four, five deep on the field all at once. That's what I want to well, see. Those coaches need to talk to Durkin, grab him. Because those are big sons of guns. Oh, yeah. be like, hey, we're not just, running a three-man front. Just tell him he can't come to the barbecue if he, yeah, exactly. if he doesn't get that get get done. Uh, And I think those are the things that we're going to have to see. And we'll see some of that in the spring here coming up in a couple of weeks. So it is interesting, the changes on the coaching staff. It is interesting to see some of the mo- movement. I think there's a couple of key guys. And I've been around a lot of coaching staff. That's usually the way it goes. Gotcha. Um, what you got? There's a, I, I just want to hit on this pretty quickly. There was an article on ESPN uh, that talked about Fisher the other day. Mark Schlaubach had say, said that uh, Texas A&M isn't paying Fisher $95 million to lose four games or more, but that's exactly what he's done in four of his five seasons. The Aggies went 9-1 in 2020 season, which was impacted by COVID, and they've got basically nothing else to show for it. Texas A&M is 17-9 the past two seasons combined. Fisher's teams are... 23 and 18 against SEC competition during his tenure. Few FBS school has spent more on coaching staff, facilities than the Aggies, and their collectives are doing out, doling out more money than NIL, NIL packages than uh, to recruits than just about anyone else. What do they have to show for it? They had locker room issues last year. Uh, it looked like Fisher's end of Fisher's tenure at Florida State, which was a disaster. Now he brings in Bob Petrino to fix the offense. Uh, after several high-profile high candidates turned down the job, the the moves reek of desperation. That's not a great endorsement for Mr. Fisher. No, it's not. But it's, I think a lot of it's true. I mean, the stats you can't argue with those stats. We say twenty-three and eighteen SEC. Yeah, it's and that's not what we signed up for. He no. told us when he came in here, he was here to win championships, and he hasn't. I mean, he's competed for one in the SEC championship, and that was. It's overly dramatic the way he writes it, right? He's intensifying some of the of things. It is. That's what people you know, do. that's what he's he's getting yeah. he's gonna get some some clicks and all that. That's why people like us, we're not dramatic. No, no, no. Uh, but but you're right, some of the things he's saying are are on point in the sense yeah. that that he's got no excuse. He's got no excuse. So we'll see. Has he fixed anything from last year to this year? We'll see. We'll find out real quick this year. It's gonna be interesting. You know, he took, he Chris Lowe, who also thing. commented on, on the whole thing, said that uh, they need a similar uh, run in 23 uh, to 2020, or the Heat's going to turn up considerably on Fisher, regardless of how many millions he would be owed if Texas A&M were to fire him. The Heat got turned up last year. I really believe that they're still a year away from firing Fisher. Oh, I mean, so if he has a foreign 
eight year this year and you don't let's call him? it five and seven because I don't think it's going to be worse than last year. All right, five and seven. You don't if he goes, I think he's got one more year after that. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's it's still going to be seventy some odd million to get rid of him. I don't give a shit. I don't think he's going anywhere. You made your bed. All right, sleeping in it now. You got to burn the bed. Burn that sucker. Questions from the tailgate brought to you by David Coffin PLLC, tax controversy and litigation lawyers, smart solutions for federal tax issues, experience, respected representation for taxpayers, over 20 years of experience in tax controversy with offices located in South Lake, Texas, and now opening in Brian Call Station. Call 817-251-7049. All right, first question. Do it. Which one of these newcomers for the spring is going to have the biggest impact? Newcomers for the spring to have the impact. Remember, we talked about them earlier. 13 newcomers. I know. I'm trying 10 to freshmen, three transfers. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Owens, the running back. Ooh, I love it. I it, love it, love three, it, love it. Because the wide receivers, too many of them over there, I think, to get in. Grimes, it's hard to make an impact as a defensive back right off the bat. Mm. I think running back, you get the ball, you have one big play, you make an impact, right? Yeah, I also think that look. I think most people would answer this with Grimes. By the way, I think they're good, that everybody believes he's your second starting cornerback. And I believe that too. But I don't think he is. No. I I think he's got. He's still going to have to fight for that position. You know, he was uh, what thirteen All ACC or whatever. Yeah. But here's here's what I know. That North Carolina defense was horrendous. Horrendous. I'm not saying the guy's not talented. He might have been in a bad scheme. Maybe. I mean, shit. I mean. He might have had a bad defensive line, not getting any pressure. How long can you expect to guard, cover a guy? Probably. I mean, I'm just saying there's a lot of factors. Sure, he, there is. I he's agree. a five star coming in. He's a third team All ACC. Sir, you're wrong again. I I don't expect him to start. I expect him to be in the rotation. So I'm <laughs> I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. And <laughs> I'm going to go with the linebacker York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, stand-up linebacker. He's gonna get some playing time, and I think he's gonna have an opportunity to get himself on the field well, and course. show out. Right? There ain't nobody else. <laughs> nobody else yeah. in the rotation. Yeah, there's nobody else there, so, so he's gonna get playing time. That's where I'm gonna go. I think he's he may have the biggest impact out of out of all those guys. Well, I don't think it's gonna be Grimes, honestly. I in this at least in the spring, yeah, you know, and I do think he gets in the rotation. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's that starter from day one. Yeah. Um, all right, question two, where do you see the Aggies getting seated? By the way, Lenardi had them as an eight. Well, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Auburn's beating Alabama right now. If we beat Alabama, finish first in the SEC, it's going to be hard to keep a first-place team in the SEC out of the top four or five. Out of the top four or five. If, now, you can if we win, don't – If you can beat Alabama, I think you're a top four. Yeah. Seat. Now, if we don't beat Alabama and we lose the second game or first game of the SEC tournament – Seven, six, seven. I don't see anything less than seven. Really? Yeah, I think eight's way too low. If we lose our next two games, you're still saying seven? Yeah. I. Uh, what do we put? It's twenty-two and ten. Twenty-two and ten. Yeah. I. Because they have yeah. Kentucky at an eight seed right now. We're better than them, aren't we? I really believe that it, awesome. you can go down to a to an eight seed. You can go down that's, to an eight seed. I think you can definitely go down to an eight what's seed. That, 32, 36 teams. Um, You're better than those guys. And and not because they don't deserve to be higher, but yeah. just because this Aggie program just doesn't get the respect, right? That's true. And and so I do believe that they won't. They, they'll they'll be pushed down a little bit. Yeah. I 
Once again, though, you beat Alabama. Yeah. I think you got a shot at a four. Right. You got a shot at a four. And deserving of a four. Maybe even a three. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's seeding, man. That's scary. Because if you're an eight, nine, you're playing a nine seed the first round, right? Yeah. That means Second you're going to a one seed. A one seed. Correct. You don't want that. That's I mean, what you want to avoid. I mean, you'll be playing either Alabama, Purdue, uh, Houston. Uh, and they had us in the Houston bracket at, at yeah. eight. Now, I mean, we we match up with Houston. They're good. They're yeah. really good. But uh, we match up with them. We match up with anybody. I would take that. Um, Alabama's going to be our toughest matchup just because we're so long. And But now Solo's playing well. Garcia. I mean, we match up with those long bodies. Yeah. You know? And plus we bang with Marvel and Coleman. It's a little bit more a, athleticism on, in, yeah. on, in the, yeah, and the we're front shoot, court. And when we're shooting the ball, that's our biggest thing. If we're hitting our shots of Wade, if everybody knows their roles and does their roles, uh, Wade, Radford, Radford taking by the hole, Wade shooting a three. You know what? You know what's crazy to me is you, in past years, it's always about you know they always had teams in that like what have they done lately, right? Oh, they went on a hell of a run at the end of the season. This is unbelievable, right? No team's hotter like, than them right now. That's my point. No team's hotter. I mean, what happened last year? We were hot as shit last year in the season, and it doesn't get the same no, respect as it yeah. does at other places, yeah, right? Like, like Carolina, they're saying Carolina right now on the bubble, but hey, they they won all these games. Now they got to play Duke this weekend, right? Yeah. You know, but they've had a good last few games. Yeah, they're, they're trying. They're, everybody's trying to put them in. They beat a bunch of crappy teams. They beat right. Florida State sucked. I mean, they beat who was the other team that sucked? They beat somebody else that sucked. I mean, it didn't matter. They beat Virginia. That's one good win. That's her first quad win win of the season. Impressive. And they screwed Carolina. And they're going to get in. Screw. Giga Maggie's. Go AP. Auburn. Corey's go Auburn tonight from the tailgate. Auburn.